Hello, friends. Welcome to Revelation Wednesdays. This is uh, Chapter 8, Book of Revelation. Yeah, we're almost halfway through. All right, we're almost halfway through again. About the third or fourth time through, so we're just going to continue to put this out every Wednesday and until the Lord comes back or I lose my mind. <laughs> when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for a half an hour. Very significant verse. I, I wondered about this verse forever, and I've probably talked about this before, but for those of you who haven't heard before, this is significant because it's never silent in heaven. It talks about the four living creatures and the 24 elders being in constant and perpetual worship for God uh, of God. So there to be actually a half hour of silence in heaven is significant. I prayed about this and prayed about it. I really wanted to know what this half hour was. And so this is Revelation 8 verse 1. And this is after this is when the seventh seal is opened. He had the seven seals uh, that Christ, you know, he was given the scroll of the seventh seal. The seventh seal is open, and there was silence in heaven for a half hour. How is the seventh seal connected to the silence in half an hour? What it means is this. This is what I believe the Lord showed me. And I'm just putting this out there for you. But to me it makes sense. It, it lines up and I think it I think it's accurate. Um, the seventh seal, again, that's the final. The final uh, judgment on this in the in the in chapter seven and it's opening chapter eight with that final seal, but the ver the 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 seven the seven judgments are the are the six first six judgments all natural famine pestilence plagues earthquakes you know all of these kind of um, natural disasters wars and all of this stuff okay and so the final seal is open and it connects those physical those the, the things that are happening in the physical realm with what God is about to do with the seven trumpets. This seventh seal broken connects the first, first six seals uh, to the next seven seals. So it connects the two judgments together. That's why it starts in chapter eight. So the seventh seal is the bridge between the between the uh, the the judgments of the, the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments. It's the connection. And as that as that is has it's opened, what happens is there's silence in heaven for a half hour, which is a very very important. And what that signifies is this: from Revelation eight two, following the rest of Revelation from eight two, following into chapter nineteen and twenty, the supernatural judgments of God come upon the earth. A third of this is destroyed. A third of that is destroyed. All I mean, this is all God doing doing in these first seven judgments the redemptive judgments of god the final judgments the bold judgments that's the punitive judgment of god those are the people that are lost they've received the mark of the beast and they're just and this is just punitive against them but so um this again the seventh seal connects these connects the first the first two judgments but the half hour in silence represents this or it is this God is going to silence heaven for a half an hour in mourning over all the judgment that is now to come. Literally billions of people most likely are going to die in these judgments. In one judgment, um, uh, the fifth, um, no, in the sixth one, which gets in chapter nine, the horsemen, the 200 million horsemen, they're released to kill a third of mankind. Today, a third of mankind would be over two, would be about two and a half to about two and a half billion people. So the, the heaviness of the judgments 
coming from Revelation 8, 2 and following is terrible. And God finally, at the end of time, has to bring final judgment on the earth. And that's what this is. Some of it redemptive, some of it punitive. But God in grief and sorrow is going to silence all of heaven with himself in mourning and grief over what he, what he finally, as a just God, has to do. His, blood, his son's blood was given that no one would be lost, that everybody could be saved. But those who choose to remain outside of the born-again experience, outside of his blood, outside of repentance, outside of being uh, uh, receiving his forgiveness, all they're going to see at the end is his judgment and wrath. You have a choice. You get to see, you get to have your sins forgiven, or you get to bear your sins for eternity. Either you accept Christ or you accept the consequences. That's how this thing works. He's a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And all the books will be balanced. On the final day, every book will be balanced. All the sin will be dealt with, whether in the saved person or lost person. So this half hour, God's going to silence all of heaven with himself to mourn and grieve about the final judgment. As a just judge, he finally has to at the end of time. So mercy is about to go out the window here. But again, these first seven judgments here, these trumpet judgments are still redemptive. The last, the last ones aren't, but these still are. So I know that was a long explanation, but it's very, very critical to understand the heart of God. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather they turn. He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God loves people. Every human being ever born was made in his image and likeness. That's Hitler, Osama bin Laden, George Soros, all... Oh, and Mother Teresa <laughs> and Billy Graham all made in his image and likeness. But each person makes his choice whether to follow after that image and likeness or not. Verse 2, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. I love these verses here. Um, he had a, this angel had a golden censer. He stood at God's altar and he's given much offer. He was given much incense, which was mixed with the prayers of the... I don't understand how this all works together, how God is holding our prayers. But somehow the prayers of us, our prayers, I don't know if they take on substance in heaven. I don't know how it works. But he's able to mix the prayers of all the saints, it says, all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense together with the prayers, uh, the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. So, so I don't, the, I know incense is always a pleasing aroma. It represents a pleasing aroma, something that gives God pleasure. And so our saints, our prayers mixed together with the, with this aromatic, uh, aromatic, um, uh, incense give God pleasure it it pleases his heart that his people are praying and it, it, it's it's symbolically or I don't mean symbolically it's not happening but it's it's going up before him in actuality with the with all of this incense and I believe it's a pleasing our prayers are a plea and the incense represents the pleasing aroma our prayers are a pleasing aroma to the to the heart of God he loves it when his people pray when we step out in faith and pray amen then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it down on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and earthquakes. So here you go. Verse 5. God fills, 
God puts this sensor, which is like a, a metal, like a thing that's at the end of a chain. And um, you see him, you see, like the, I used to be a Catholic, and, and the guy would have a sensor, and there would be incense, and there smoke from incense coming out of it, some of the some of the masses. So he filled this thing that held the prayers of the, the this sensor would have held the prayers of the saints and the incense, and he hurled it to the earth. And judgment immediately begins, because when he hurls it to the earth, there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flash of lightning, and an earthquake. So even from the beginning of this, judgment is coming, and we're starting to see the effects of that judgment. And it's not going to be a pleasant... This is... From 8 to on is rough. This, this is, these are hard things, but they have to be dealt with, and we have to understand them. Um, verse six. Then the seven trumpets who had the set, the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Man, I don't, I don't know how literal this works. How it all works but think about this first angel sounds there came hail and fire and it's mixed with blood so the hail fire and blood are going to be hurled to the earth it's it's powerful i mean just the you know hail and fire hail and fire and blood i don't know what that blood represents but it's just a terrible judgment and again a third of the earth was burned up a third of the trees are burned up and all the green grass i don't know how literal that is we've talked about this before but Again, whatever this is, whether in, in symbology or these are actual literal things happening. I mean, can you imagine a third of the earth being burned up, a third of the trees burned up, and all the green grass? Imagine all the grass in the world burned up. Powerful. It, the power of this judgment's heavy. Whether this is literal, whether it is figurative some way that we don't understand, it's profound and it's powerful and it's judgment. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Um, there's this asteroid. Tom Horn talks about it, but it's like it's supposed to hit the earth like 2029. I can't remember the name of it, but I could see this huge mountain being like an asteroid, you know, uh, hitting the earth. And again, and, and, and it gets thrown into the sea, it goes into the sea. And it has the direct effect on the sea of turning a third of it into blood. Can you imagine a third of the sea turned into blood? A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Wherever this blood, wherever this blood spread out, a third of the seas, it's going to destroy everything in its path. It's going to be terrible. A third angel sounded his trumpet. And another thing, too, is if something hit the water like that, it would be like a nuclear explosion. It would be powerful. And I, I forget they they can equate those things, you know, depending on the size of of the whatever Earth hits the object, they can equate that in you know megatons and things like that. It's powerful. So whatever this is that's going to hit the Earth or hit the sea is going to be powerful. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter. Many people die from the waters that become bitter. So again, we have something falling out of the sky yet again, uh, and blazing like a torch. It, it, it was it was a great star blazing. Like it can't be a literal star; it would destroy the entire earth. So it's they call it a great star, blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third. So the first the first uh, mountain, the huge mountain that falls into this falls into the sea. This thing falls on the land and to the rivers. 
and the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. I'll tell you something that I had a theory about the Wormwood thing. In the Chernobyl accident, the nuclear reactor accident happened in Russia. The word Chernobyl is Russia for Wormwood. And I've often wondered whether the radiation that's still active under the ground that's buried in that sarcophagus of cement, whether it's going to end up going deep into the ground and hitting the water tables, whether that would be a fulfillment of this wormwood prophecy. But wormwood means bitter. And so the waters are going to turn bitter. A third of the waters in the world are going to turn bitter, and many people die from the waters. become So it's going to pollute the water in some form. And it's going to make it very bitter to the point of death. That's why I had speculated when I heard that that Chernobyl means wormwood. I'm going, hmm, that's interesting. It's kind of those things you just grab onto. That's interesting. Again, I'm not dogmatic about any of these things. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of them turned dark. So a third of all the light in the, in the, in the, in the skies at night is going to turn dark. The stun, the sun, well, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, both the sun, the moon, and all the stars are going to lose a third of their light. Listen to this. Let me read this again. I didn't finish up. A fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck. So the sun's going to be struck, a third of the moon, the moon's going to be struck, and a third of the stars, so they, a third of them turned dark. So a third of the stars are going to literally turn dark. A third of the day was without light, and a third of the night. Can you imagine? A third of the, the sun, one-third less powerful, and, and one-third uh, one third is bright, or... Uh, Two-thirds is bright and just two-thirds of the daylight. So if, um, if you lost a third of the light, that would be eight hours a day of that you would lose of light. So a third of the day was without light and a third of night. So in other words, the day is 24 hours. A third of that's eight hours. So instead of having an eight-hour night, you would have a 16-hour night because, you, because that, that's divided into thirds. So... We're talking, but what's going to happen? This will be like a nuclear winter. This will be. This will cause everything. This will cause temperatures to plunge on the Earth because there's not as much heat coming towards the Earth. So, this will create a a very terrible um, cold snap that will, as long as this judgment lasts, this cold snap will affect the whole world. I don't know if it'll create like a mini ice age, but it won't be good. Amen. And verse thirteen. And we're about done. Uh, 14 minutes in. Good deal. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. So there's actually an eagle going to proclaim in a human voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. So these particular, these final three trumpets are ominous. The fifth, sixth, and seventh. So much so that an that an um, that a uh, eagle with a human voice is given to fly all over the world and warn the inhabitants of the earth about the final three trumpet blasts. It's not it's not as if the first four were a walk in the park. They're not, but these from from uh, chapter nine verse one and on the um, the the final three trump three trumpet blasts are powerful and they hit everybody in different ways. So we'll get into that next week. Anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Appreciate it. It was a pretty quick chapter, 13, 13 uh, verses, so we didn't have to do too much breaking down. But um, um, God's time of sorrow is coming. That half hour of silence in heaven is coming. My prayer is, Lord, may I be with you in heaven at that time in solidarity with you and just 
and just standing with you as you as you sorrow for a half hour over lost humanity. I would like to, if we're in heaven at the time, I'd like to stand by his throne in total silence, just grieving over all the judgment God finally has to bring. And it's much, and it's terrible. And God takes no pleasure again in the death of the wicked, but rather they turn. Oh, anyway, that's it for today. Uh, 16 minutes. Appreciate you. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Tomorrow it is... Isaiah, I, I don't remember. Tomorrow sometime. There's something going on tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and stop now. We appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed this. Again, we're going to get this uh, uh, downloaded on the... Uh, uh, if you, listen, if, you know, I just, just, I'm just putting this out there for you. Um, if, you if, if you believe God wants you to do podcasts, or if you yourself just want to do podcasts, this Anchor site, A-N-C-H-O-R, is fantastic. This is what I use for all my podcasts. If, if there's something that God's calling you to put out there, some kind of information, or, or doing Bible studies like I'm doing, or having your own information, or you know, you can do songs, you can do whatever. You, if there's something you feel called to do to share with others, hey, you know, this is a great, this podcast, these podcasts are awesome. They're easy to make. You record them on your phone. I'm recording them right on my phone. I download them and I send them out. I mean, 15 minutes from now, I'll be sending these out. So I just want to encourage you, you know, you hear me doing this and you go, oh, I could never do that. Man, if Josh can do it, anybody can do it. This is not hard. Technically speaking, this isn't hard. I've got an Android phone, not hard. So if you feel like God's calling you to some kind of a ministry involving podcasts, the Anchor site is, is second to none. It's easy to use. If, in more, if a village idiot like Josh can figure it out, so can you. Anyway, I just wanted to do that commercial for that. Not that I'm getting paid for it. I just want to you know, encourage you. If, if God's calling you to take a step of faith and do some different things, amen. Do it and just be a blessing to others. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.